And when I woke up this morning, I was feeling pretty dangerous. Now they give it to Green. Green stutter step. He's through. First down, 40, 45, 50, 45, 40. Run, William, run. 20, 15, 10, 5, touchdown. In the backfield, two receivers left, one right. Mayfield back to pass. Lux going towards the end zone, and it's caught by Donovan Peoples-Jones. Touchdown! He got it! He got it! The rookie from Michigan got it with 11 seconds left to go! Pumping once, now throwing long down the left side. Slaughter has it! He's going in for a touchdown! The problem won the game! hey ho and what do you know welcome everyone to wow are we really doing this another edition of the top dogs podcast the bi-week edition aka the only time jack and i could ever figure out our schedules so we could do this during the regular season i am one half of the top dogs your maverick on this journey alex hale and joined, as always, is my goose, Jack McCurry. Goose, how are you, buddy? What's up, brother? It's been, what, a couple months since I know, right? Oh, so much has changed. Yeah. About a month or so, yeah, because I went yeah. on my vacation like a week or so after. Right. You know, I we did our last one because I, I needed that. Like, it was, what? It was almost like two weeks. And then I come back for a week, and then my family goes up with me to uh, Saratoga again for Thanksgiving for that whole week. Cause I got that week off of work because nobody was working. So it was like, Oh wow. I got like a three week vacation in a span of four weeks. Other than the driving, it was nice. Um, let's see. I went to the baseball hall of fame again, got a Hank Aaron Al Downing signed baseball for 300. Thank you to my brother, Steve for uh, generously saying happy birthday. <laughs> paid for it i can't believe an ernie banks ball as well i added that to the collection um if i really wanted to get greedy i had harm and killer brew but i was like no i'm not gonna do it this time i go up there almost all the time i'm in saratoga it's like a two-hour drive both ways that's easy for me i actually learned the basketball hall of fame is two hours away from saratoga easy drive real easy drive but i will say this completely underwhelming completely underwhelming it was how do i describe this when you walk into that front desk there's a bunch of like lockers and i use that lightly of players with their stuff all around that's the free area i'll be honest you might be better off just walking through there because there's a larry bird there's a michael jordan there's a cream abdul jabbar there's all the big names right there there is no need to go through the museum which the museum is basically this if you've never been and i know i'm going into my whole my whole trip but i like talking about it a little bit but this is also very informative for people who are interested in going to springfield massachusetts so it's three levels and the levels are basically like a hoop it's kind of cool it's a cool design the first one the top level which they send you to 
It's nothing. It's basically, um, it's one of those things where you get to see how tall you are and all that. And it's kind of a pain uh, to walk around there. I mean, there's some stuff there, but there's not much. Like LeBron's uh, St. Vincent St. Mary's jersey is there. Woohoo! I've seen that a million times. Don't need to see it again. The second floor is where most of the artifacts are, but it's small. I will say, uh, was Wilt's 100-point jersey is there. That's cool. That's yeah. actually really cool. Um, there is an NBA TNT setup where you can, you know, do like one of those things where they put you in and they record you and they actually send it to you. It's actually kind of cool. Uh, there's a who he play for. There's a teleprompter one, which was not working, which is why I wanted to do. And there was like a stump shack thing. Um, I did who he play for. And sadly, it's the same one over and over. Like there is no, you know, second option, third option. So if you hear the answers, you kind of already know them and you can cheat. So it takes away the fun of who we play for. Um, but I will say there's a lot of nice artifacts there. But then the third level is the basketball hoops. That's it. That's the entire basketball hall of fame. There is an area where they have everyone's name of who is in the hall of fame. Uh, they have an area for this year's inductees. Um, and then they have like two touch touch screens where you can kind of look up all the hall of famers, get stuff on them. But it's not the same as like the plaques and the bus at baseball and football where it's just, oh, they're on this wall here. It's very underwhelming. And their team shop, uh, well, team, uh, I don't want, I'm just going to be like this. Their store was crap. There was nothing there. They don't have stuff for every team. They did not have every team there. They had so much Cavs and Warriors gear. I thought I was in 2016. I walked up to the person when I was ringing out and I'm like, are we in 2016? And she's like, what do you mean? I'm like, there's so much Cavs Warriors gear here. I thought I'm in 2016. I just want to make sure. Did COVID happen? <laughs> and I, that got a laugh, but it was like, eh. Also the Kobe exhibit, very small, but it was touching. It was touching. That's good. So overall, that was nice. Oh, and I went to Woodstock as well. That that actually was a better museum than the Basketball <laughs> Hall of Fame. Woodstock hey. was better. Yeah. That was amazing. I loved it. Uh, I probably am going to go back one day too. So uh, anywho, upstate New York travel destinations with Alex Hale. There you go. Um, so anywho, with that being out of the way, how's your last month been, Jack? Well, to anybody that knows me, knows I work in healthcare, and this time last year, we got slammed with COVID. Lo and behold, this time again this year, we're getting slammed with COVID again. Uh, it sucks. Um, we're, we're pushing through. I got to tell you what, it really fucks. It's really fucked with me mentally. But not as bad as last year, because last year was really tough, but this year it really has. It's merely making me think about changing career, my career again. Um don't know what I would do next, but I just healthcare is getting to be a lot because of COVID. Yeah. Um, other than that, life's good. You know, it's good. You know, personally, everything's starting to be good again after it was bad for a while. 
Um, here. But, I mean, yeah. I mean, other than, you know, the last month dealing with all the chaos that is the Cleveland Browns once again, um, it's it's been good. You know, seeing the Cavs um, emerging as a promising franchise is great to see. You know, they're Man, playing the it's like right they don't now. need that Colin Sexton dude. Don't pay him. That's, that's another podcast for another time. But um, and I'm then just stating also, the truth. I mean, but yeah, you know, life's good. Can't complain too bad. Um, always enjoy the holiday season just because I get to spend time with family. And uh, so, yeah, I mean, I just can't complain too much. Obviously, you know, my career right now is shit because of COVID. But, you know, that's that's what I signed up for. Yeah. And we thank you once again for doing what you do, Jack. So thank you. I mean, I can't even imagine what you go through. And I work in a field where, again, not disclosing what is, but I'm around a lot of people and it's hard to actually imagine controlling working, you know, around so many people and managing so many people. So, um, you know, but to be on the front lines like you, man, I, again, I don't know what I do because there are days in my position where in the dead heat of summer, when it was at our worst, it was like, there are days I just wanted to walk away and go like, yeah, you know what? I don't think this is the way for me, but you know what? I love it. So, that's why I end up saying to myself, gosh, darn it. I love it too much. Anywho, um, since our last podcast, something has changed. I am no longer the advocate for Baker Mayfield. And I've gotten a lot of shit Ooh. by people. Some people have decided to resort to being complete jerk faces to me. Want to be podcasters, mind you. And my message to them is, you know what? It is my opinion and my opinion only. Exactly. Here's what I'm seeing. Baker Mayfield has what I call Trubisky syndrome. Now, Trubisky syndrome is extremely wide hips when throwing. I've noticed this since last year, but Baker found ways to manage it, make it work, and he was fine. This year, I don't know if it's the injuries. I don't know if it's just he got lazy in the offseason and didn't work with Van Pelt, who was the one who noticed this at first. Because I remember day one when he came in, because it was 2019 I saw it, and Van Pelt says, no, he needs to work on his footwork. I'm like, oh, good, he noticed it too. The problem is, is that when his feet are so wide apart, he can't drive the ball the way he should and also deliver it to where it needs to go. Therefore, the ball sails on him because he's following through more than he has to when he's throwing the ball. Therefore, overthrown and underthrown footballs. Sound familiar, folks? That's Mitch Trubisky's problem. By the way, to any idiot who wants Mitch Trubisky here, get out. Get out. Other than Ken Carmen, because, you know, we all know he loves Mitchie. You know, it's his favorite song of the year, Mitchie Baby. It's, it's, it's basically a parody of Santa Baby. Ken sings it every night. Mitchie Baby, why won't you be my quarterback for next year? <laughs> I love you so much, Mitchie Baby, and torture Anthony Lima tonight. <laughs> Oh my God. 
Ken, if you ever hear that, I will gladly do a live performance for you. <laughs> Anytime, you anywhere, you brother. Do it. Yes. <laughs> you can profess your love for him. It's okay, Ken. It's okay. Your wife and kids will forgive you. It's all right. Uh, anywho. <laughs> Uh, but I just don't see it anymore. I think he's beyond repair. I think the Browns have broken him. Um, not to say Stefanski has. I never thought the system was a fit for Baker. I think he's more of a spread, quick pass, deep ball quarterback. He is not a West Coast quarterback, which is what they're trying to make him. He never played a West Coast offense. He is now playing a very much West Coast offense. And it needs to be run perfectly for him to succeed. So when the running game isn't working, which everyone's bringing eight to the line now, so good luck. Guess what? It's all on his arm. And now I think he's thinking too much. And Baker, I still love him. I still love Baker. I still think... Deep down, there is that talent that I saw. But I don't know if it's with the Browns anymore. I don't know if it's going to be, you know, under Stefanski. And that's why I've been pushing, you know, if you can get Russell Wilson, go get Russell Wilson. Russell Wilson runs a West Coast offense. Russell Wilson hasn't had a running game like this before. He hasn't had an O-line like this before. He actually would thrive here because there are factors in Seattle he doesn't have that he would have in Cleveland if we were to get him the wide receiver weapons. The Garrett Wilsons, Jamison Williams, there you go, Jack. We'll talk about that later. Um, and other players. So when we're talking about guys that I've turned on them and I, I shouldn't be credible, no, I think it makes me more credible because – I'm the one who endorsed him. I'm the one who has been his advocate, live and die his advocate. And the other ones who like to feel dangerous, you know, with themselves, I'm not going to bash anyone or guilt anyone for turning on Baker. Yeah. I'm not doing this because LaShawn and I have had talks. No, I had to get myself there. I had my doubts early in the season. And the more and more I started talking to people and just breaking down games in our dogland group chat and all that stuff, I started watching the tape closer and I just saw something wrong. So if you want to just say, well, you're friends with LaShawn, so you're siding with your friend. No. And if you think that's the case, then you don't know me at all. So with that said, yes, I've turned on Baker and that's fine. I want Baker to shut my ass up because Jim Harbaugh did Baker. You can too. I mean, I I've been Jim Harbaugh's biggest hater on the planet. And what does he do? He goes back to his roots. He learns to shut up. Finally took him seven years to shut the F up. And guess what? His team followed and his team bought in and his team won the big 10 for the first time in 17 goddamn years. You see how hard that was, Jim, you got your act together and you figured it out. 
and, and I then think- he opened his mouth post game. <laughs> you wanna know what? You wanna know what though? But it was it, it was justified. And for any Buckeye fan that said it wasn't. But I'm going to say this to a lot of Michigan fans, because my brother went there and I grew up one and Harbaugh kind of killed that heart, that love I had for Michigan football. I I never, I never counted 2011. In fact, I rooted against Michigan that year because I wanted fickle to win. If fickle won, he might've gotten the job. I didn't want Urban getting the job. I knew what was coming. Right. And I kept saying, why are you, why are you celebrating this? It's going to be like 10 years of misery now because Urban's going to be there. How prophetic that was. I haven't had a true Michigan win in 17 goddamn years. That felt fucking good. Oh, yeah. And the last time, and the last time this happened, I got my ass kicked the next day at school just because I rooted for Michigan. You want to know what? I said my peace. I said my happiness and I shut up because what I learned was I'm not going to act like Buckeye fans treated me. I respect the program because I like Ryan day. I'd run through a brick wall for that man. Maybe not for the Jersey, but for the man, I would. I'm just saying. Ryan Day is a great coach. He's a great recruiter. He's got a great staff. I respect the hell out of that. The fact that there were people apparently buying tickets to the Big Ten Championship game and basically holding them so Michigan fans can't go, F you. You're the problem with the rivalry. You're worse than your beloved Woody Hayes. You're old and senile. I mean, that's who they all look up to. I, I hate to say that. And I will say Michigan is no, they don't have their own black eyes. They do with the recent bow stuff that ain't mm-hmm. good either. So, no, no, I mean, no, no. I, I pray it's not true, but well, we'll oh. see. But anywho, um, with that said, um, when it comes to, you know, changing stances and all this stuff, I'm proud to say I'm not a freaking cheerleader for anyone. I'm proud to say that I stick by my my takes, and when I'm wrong, I'll say I'm wrong. And any podcasters out there who want advice, don't sell your takes out for the sake of followers, for the sake of clout. I don't give a shit about that anymore, and I feel like I've had the most integrity as an analyst in years. Like, I don't care what anyone thinks, and if you're going to come after me and be an asshole, I'll block you. I don't give a shit anymore. Like, I don't need your toxic energy in my life. If you want to have a constructive conversation about why I've changed, I will tell you. But if you want to be a jerk, get out. You don't need to be a part of the fan base. So go ahead, Jack. I mean, I, I agree with you. Like, listen, I am the person that was, I supported Brandon Weed until I couldn't no more. I so I never gave Johnny Man- well I did give Johnny Manziel a fair chance but I was one of the few that were like I don't see it in this kid and people bashed me for it because I supported Brian Hoyer well looking back now I was pretty much right about that and like I'm like you Alex like I'm still on the fence about Baker because I still you know still have that hope in me as a Cleveland fan like I hope this kid makes it I hope he's the guy but I mean you can see it and it's not just you being critical there's people that people praise on Twitter 
that are critical of Baker and what he's done. And, you know, no one's going after them the way they go after you. It's like, like I see, we all see that Baker is not showing that he's too inconsistent as a quarterback. The mechanics are definitely there. Him double clutching every time he throws the ball now. I mean, he's, and you're right. Everything. It's no longer smooth throwing anymore, which it always was. No. He had like, Oklahoma. He was decisive. Now he's got the yips. And even rookie Baker, like Baker was confident and he was yep. slinging he was that fearless, ball. Like and was, now he's scared. He's playing yeah, scared. And like, <clears throat> I don't know what happened to him, but he's not the same quarterback that I think the franchise saw when they drafted him in 2018. Who, wait, and, they, they didn't draft him, Jack. These guys didn't draft him. Well, yeah. Buddy and Boy drafted him. <laughs> but I think the most telling thing, Alex, was this week when Lamar went well, not Lamar because I'm watching the Ravens game and Lamar just fumbled the ball. Uh, Andrew Barry talked and he said Baker is healthy to healthy enough. We he needs to go win us some games or I forget what the quote was, but it was very telling. We think like he's everybody, healthy. if he's healthy enough, he's the one that can win us games. Something like that. yeah, it was yeah something to that effect. And everybody was like, well, the writing's on the wall now. Like Baker's oh, yeah. not the guy. Like Baker, they picked up the option and they might be able to trade it, but I doubt it because I don't see anybody taking on that guarantee. There are, there are a couple that I think could in the number one team. I think that will simply because of their draft position and the fact there is no quarterback in this draft and the fact they need to do something. Hello, Houston. How are you? Okay. Would you like to take on Baker Mayfield? And him maybe going back home could be could be good for him. I I do stand, they have anything? No, I stand but, by I mean, that take. If the Browns feel they have a replacement, and that's the key, do they have a replacement? Right. Again, the report came out today on Bleach Report. People think there are no top ten quarterbacks. No, and, no one, no one is going in the top ten. Again, I've been saying it all year. This is not the quarterback class. You want to be drafting a QB. And I will say this, Baker Mayfield is better than any of the quarterbacks in this year's draft. And I'd rather go into next year with Baker, see if he's healthy and can fix himself because the cap's going up and you haven't locked him into a long-term deal. Now you can spend money on other things when you cut Landry and other things and spend money elsewhere and hopefully people buy in. That's going to be the key. They're going to have to buy in. But if people can buy, it was an injury and he can prove it. Well, then, okay. We can have this discussion on extension at the end of the year. We can franchise him. We'll have mm-hmm. that discussion next year. Or knowing the way, oh, my God, Lamar Jackson just threw the worst pass I've ever seen. I thought Baker makes terrible plays only. He literally threw off his back foot. And it was an easy pick. Wow. So speaking of terrible quarterback play, uh, <laughs> but anyways, um, but um, the dead draft report was funny though. Cause wasn't it like a month ago where they said five QBs would go in the first round. Well, I think because of you look at these teams in the back half of the first round that need quarterbacks, the Browns, the Steelers, they are going to be others as well. Probably. Um, I don't have them off the top of my head but you are going to have teams that are going to need to take a quarterback or you'll have someone like the giants trade down and the lions could trade down. 
Lions have a second first round pick as well. Don't Are they? Yeah. At least I think they do. Yeah. No, wait. Someone had trade up, I think. Yeah. For like Malik that. Willis. Um, right. So, and I can see that happening. So these players are going to fall. I think if you're really asking me right now, Kenny Pickett's probably QB one by literal default. Okay. And that, that literally is the loosest statement I can make. Number two would be Matt Corral. Number three, I'm going to stick by Malik Willis and bet that he is surrounded by a terrible team. He did take a step back. And last year was not a fluke. Mm -hmm. I'm willing to bet that. Okay. I could be wrong. It is Liberty after all. And they're not playing the best teams. Right. So it could backfire for somebody. Mm -hmm. Um, I think there's one more that I'm not thinking of. And honestly, that goes to show you how much I think of this quarterback class. I, I have a feeling that people, they'll take chances on these guys, but. I think people are turning their attention towards 2023 because of Bryce Young and CJ Stroud. And that's where if I'm the Browns, if I can't get my guy this year, right. That's where I'm looking. So we're, we know they're going to bring in some form of competition for him. Mm-hmm. People have talked about Trubisky. The guy I would bring in was the guy that's starting for the Philadelphia Eagles today. Gardner. Gardner I Minshew. wanted him in the draft. Right. And I know you did. And you were, you were the advocate for Gardner Minshew that year. It was a late round In a round way pick, I but... am because I think he's the perfect backup. Yeah. He's and literally think... the perfect backup. He could fit this offense too. No, now, he and... actually fits it better than Baker might. Right. But like, does Minshew make the Browns that much better? No, not really. So no. we're going to be, we probably let's say we bring in Minshew and, you know, Baker ends up wanting now. So we roll with Minshew and we draft somebody in the mid rounds. We go 500 again. Do, we're still not in position to ask, get. I'm going to ask you a weird question because okay. I com- I just literally thought he could be a trade option and I never even thought of it. You like that? What Minnesota. about Captain Kirk? Well, they got trading Baker for Kirk no, Cousins? No, no. I was trading for, for Cousins. Cousins. You could do that, but how do you sell that when, you know, and don't, I don't take anything away from Kirk Cousins and he comes here. He's in a much better situation than he's ever been in Minnesota. He won't have the wide receivers, but he'll have the O-line. Does that get us any closer to a Super Bowl? I think it gets you back to the playoffs. It does not get you to the Super Bowl. But if you can't get Russ, who again, I'm looking at as. I'm glad you brought up Russ again because Albert Breer. My buddy sent me the text today. Hold on. Because he mentioned this in an article. See, Jack is just allowing me time to finish my bagel. Quote, Cleveland needs to be a considered landing spot for Russell Wilson. Now, here's my thing with Albert Breer. I like Albert Breer. I can't trust him anymore because during 2018, 2019, he kept mentioning about, kept saying Josh McDaniels in Cleveland. It's going to happen. It's going to happen. It never happened. Now, I know he was probably, he's he's a guy that was, tight with the Patriots. So he was probably boosting his buddy stock up. Like I can't take what Albert Breer says seriously. Now, if it was Rappaport, Glazer. Actually, Schefter, I, I think if it, I think if it wasn't for Deep Podesta, he would be the head coach. He probably would. I think he would be because McDaniels wanted to wipe everything and have the organization, how he saw that's fit. what did him in. Yeah. And that's, 
And obviously the Haslam's trust the Podesta enough. So they wanted to go with that. So, mm-hmm. but like, do I think Russell Wilson and the Browns is a possibility? Yes. Do I see it as no, I don't see it happening. I don't see it happening either because, because I think Ross has a no trade clause. And if that's the case, that's where the Browns are kind of screwed. I don't think he has a no if trade he, clause. If he doesn't, if he doesn't, I will say my starting is my next two ones and probably my next two threes. Yeah. I don't think he has a no trade clause. I think he just has his preferred list. He doesn't have like the power that Aaron Rodgers has this coming no. off season where and Aaron Rodgers probably isn't happening. I hope to God that people keep saying Rodgers to Pittsburgh. Please. I don't. think Rodgers is going to Denver, if anything. I have a feeling. I'm trying to think of another team that he could go to. The 49ers. There's no way. The San Francisco 49ers. 49ers make a lot of sense, but if that happens, I'd like to call the 49ers on Trey Lance. I'd really like to make a call and see if that's possible. Yeah. And I, I, I'll, I'll go as far as this. If that were to happen, I give up my first rounder this year or next year. I give him a one straight up mm-hmm. for Trey Lance. And I don't know if that's going to be enough, but I'll give him a one for Trey Lance. And that's because I think Trey Lance has the ability as a passer to be better than Baker. The thing with Baker was his size and his arm made him limited. What I always saw in Lance was a lightning quick release at North Dakota State. Athletic ability beyond belief. And a lot of Browns fans are saying, we want Lamar Jackson. Well, here's Lamar Jackson light for you. Go get him. If that, if Aaron Rodgers to San Francisco happened, I would be on the phone every day with San Francisco until I could get him. I know they won't do because they'll probably say, no, we're going to let Rodgers play out his career on the contract. And then we're going to extend Trey Lance after the rookie deal, which is probably the smart move Mm -hmm. and then make him the starter. But I would do everything in my power to try to get him. And I know it could backfire because he's had some injuries this year, but talent wise, you can't bet on the Browns next year to suck so bad to get the number one or number two pick in the 2023 draft, because and I don't, that's what it's going to have to take at this rate to get Stroud or young. So and I wouldn't, and I wouldn't want to do that as a fan because exactly. we've already been going forward. If we plummeted backwards, everybody's going to want out. But I will say, I will say this with the Steelers announcing of Ben. Well, Ben Not pretty much. And, uh, yeah. Ben announcing pretty much. This is it. This is the final ride. And fine, good riddance. Um, but I don't know what the Steelers are going to do at quarterback. Are they going to get one in the first round? Which one is it? Is it the right fit? Are they any good? Because let's say it's Kenny Pickett. Kenny Pickett is a solid quarterback, I think, in this league. I don't see anything special. Okay, the fake slide. Woohoo. Sam Darnold did a fake slide. How has he looked? Okay, there. Shut up. Great move, but it's been done before by a shitty quarterback. So it means nothing. The game I watched Pickett in, he was not good. He's been up and down. Yes, he has great performances against shitty teams. And against good teams outside of yesterday, he's been okay. 
There's nothing special about him, in my opinion. And if they were to get Matt Corral, that's a guy with a better arm. But I, I, I've already got my comp for Matt Corral. That's Drew Locke 2.0. That's Drew Locke. A lot of arm. Accuracy is okay. But I don't know if he translates because he's too hit and miss at Ole Miss. Same thing Malik Willis. Now, Malik Willis in that offense, ooh, that scares me a little bit. Um, with Najee in the backfield running options and they have their receivers, if they can get a line together, I might be a little bit scared of that if they get them right. And then now if they go Spencer Ritter, Ritter's inaccurate. Desmond Ritter. Desmond Ritter, he is inaccurate. I I think he's a great college quarterback. He is not an NFL quarterback, unless if his accuracy gets better, which it can. I mean, Josh Allen had bad accuracy his last year, and look how he's turned out. So it's possible. But next year, you're looking at the Steelers with probably a rookie quarterback who you can take advantage of and possibly beat twice with the right guy at the helm. If it's Baker, you might split, maybe win both, maybe lose both. It's up in the air. But you can't bet on them, you know, being the team that just plummets back not, to get that quarterback. That way. And, and they're not built to be that bad. No, they're, they're built to at least be a 500 team with the right quarterback, a potential Super Bowl team. So that's where my concern for this offseason lies is that if you can't get the guy and i've been saying this for months if you can't get the guy you might be stuck in a limbo you don't want to be in right and that's why it's imperative whether it be russell wilson whether it be aaron Rodgers, whether it be deshaun watson god forbid i mean if everything clears fine go get them whether it be Captain Kirk, I mean, no matter who it is, it has to be an upgrade over Baker, a clear upgrade. That's why I threw Kirk's name in there because it's a clear upgrade technically. Is I would, it though? He runs the offense better than Baker. He he does, but in big games, he does not show up. He just lost to the Detroit Lions, the winless Lions. Like, I like Kirk Cousins, but do I think it's a clear upgrade over Baker Mayfield? I say no. Okay. I'm talking about in terms of fit for the system. That's why and I say yes. Yeah, and I get that. Um, since we brought up Minshew and we brought up Trubisky, you brought up San Francisco because this will get thrown out there. There was a report last I'm not week. against this anymore. You're not, you're not against Jimmy G. He runs the system well. He runs the system, yeah. See, but I, I don't like him. I don't consider him a long-term answer. I would bring him in position. to push Baker because he knows the system. Heck, I'd bring him in the start. I, I, I would I'm bring not, him in to compete. I would bring him uh, in. Well, compete. that's fine. I, I, I'm just saying, if you find a suitor for Baker, if you can get one of those guys, you take it. Right. If, but then if, Houston, if Houston came calling, and I don't know what their draft pick stash is, but let's say they come in and say, well, we're taking Kayvon Thibodeau at two because the Lions are going Aiden Hutchinson. And we need a quarterback because we don't believe in Davis Mills. But we might want to push him. So we'll give you our second-round pick for Baker Mayfield. So 33 for Baker, hypothetically. Yeah, done. 33, 34. 
Yeah, yeah. I, I'd be like, done. Yeah. I'd even take their three form right now. Yeah. I would. Because and I love Baker, but I would just. Yeah. Because what my philosophy is, if you got, hypothetically speaking, Kirk Cousins, let's say you get Kirk Cousins for your second round pick. Let's say that's the deal, okay? And you can get a two back for Baker. Basically, you're trading up. You trade up to that pick and you get Kirk Cousins. And oh, I'm going to go get Garrett Wilson, Jamison Williams, Chris Olav, Traylon Burks, one of these guys, and give Kirk Cousins a better O line than he has in Minnesota. Mm-hmm. Just as good of a running game, if not more options in the running game than he has in Minnesota. And starting to build a wide receiver core with a better tight end core than he ever had in Minnesota. You tell me how Kirk's going to play. I'm not saying he's going to win you a darn Super Bowl, but I'm saying the idea here is, is that if you could get someone like that who is a better system fit, or even Jimmy G, Jimmy G's built up Debo and Brandon Ayuk. Mm-hmm. I got to give him credit for that. Granted, they were high draft picks. They should have been this good to begin with because of injuries to both. They took some time, but he's made it work. This is what I'm looking for, and this is the problem with Baker this year. That is the biggest sin on him. The problem is in 2018, he was able to bring up wide receivers who had never had success before. Ever since, he has not been able to replicate that magic. That is the sign of a great quarterback. He makes the wide receivers around him better. Ayuk and Samuel were at one point busts because of their injuries and they weren't getting enough targets and it was just Kittle. Now it's, you have Kittle, you have Ayuk, you have Samuel, you have whoever's running the damn ball. Like he'll have a similar setup here. And while they're not the greatest team in the world, I'll just say this. We probably might win two or three of the games this year that we lost close. If Jimmy G is starting it because Jimmy's not a big play guy. Baker Mayfield is a big play QB. Kevin Stefanski needs the efficient quarterback. So my philosophy is go get him an efficient quarterback. Jimmy G, Russell Wilson, Kirk Cousins, one of those guys. Go get him. And if you think Trey Lance could be that guy and he's available somehow, go get him. You said, Jimmy G, you said Jimmy G builds up wide receivers. I wonder where he learned that from. Kyle Shanahan. Drink! Mm, I was thinking of somebody else. I know, Bill and Tom. TB12, yeah. Yeah, the GOAT. <laughs> the GOAT. Um, who's probably very happy today for numerous reasons. But anyways, uh, <laughs> I would say this. I'm not against moving on from Baker in the offseason, but you got to sit here and guarantee me who's coming in. Exactly. And I know we've said before, but now that I've officially jumped off, I will say to basically make my point clear. I'm not opposed to him next year, but man, in that 2023 draft, basically every future pick has to be on the table to go get one of them. Mm -hmm. If Baker doesn't succeed, you have a chance to do what the front office would ideally want, which is not sacrifice future picks. Now, granted, Russ will, and I'm fine with that because Russ will be 
a game-changing quarterback. But if it means we have someone to hold the fort next year, fine, give up a three, give up a Mm -hmm. two. I don't care. Keep that one to get him a wide receiver. Because I think Donovan Peoples-Jones is not a one. He's a two. Yeah. Put him in that role. He's fine. Go sign another guy and go get one in the draft. I mean, it has to be one of the first two picks. Because after that, like, you're taking risks on some. I know I like Justin Ross, but it's like, man, I, I don't know if he can ever stay healthy. So, anywho, uh, speaking of draft, um, I know we wanted to talk about this, so I gave Jack a little project. Jack, I asked you for your needs on this team. I have to pull up uh, one of my lists that I go by just so I don't forget anybody. Um, actually, let me go here because I know I can do it here. Um, but you have top needs for the Browns. Mm-hmm. Obviously, we know one of them, and we will do that one last, okay? So you can profess your love for somebody. It's okay, Jack. <laughs> it's not my guy, but you want to know what? I'm going to let you. I'm going to let you say what you need to say about him. Okay. But what are what are your needs right now as I pull this up so I don't forget anybody? I mean, outside of the obvious, um, with not knowing the future of Jadevian Clowney with this team, I solidly think that we need to start looking for the second edge to go opposite Miles Garrett. Ojabo. So, yep, Ojabo. Get because get Aiden Hutchinson, as much as I would love him in orange and brown, that's not going to happen. Uh, so yeah, edges are definitely a must. Um, I think we're we're solid at linebacker. Obviously, so the one thing let let's start with edge because you say that's your that's your that's concern. our that's the biggest need outside of the obvious. Okay, we'll so obviously Hutchinson Thibodeau out. I yes. think Ojabo is going top fifteen if he declares. I know there are mixed opinions on George Karloftis out of Purdue. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of talent there. But I I can see him going anywhere from top top 15 to second, third round. I know some people are higher on him than ours. He's very much a mixed uh, bag. Drake Jackson, another guy who was a top recruit out of USC. He's been okay at USC, but I'm going to tell you right now, outside of the top two, I would say three, because Ojabo's three now. Ojabo right. is clearly three out of the top three. I, I mean, when you get down that second tier, there is a major drop off. I would say Drake Jackson fits a lot, but you're going to have to really, really work them up. Um, you have to be sold on somebody and he's got to fit your scheme after those top three, but Ojabo. How do you feel about, how do you feel about Sanders out of Cincinnati? He's good. He's really he's good. I, I am size. excited. I am so excited he gets to go up against Evan Neal. This is a make-or-break game for him. If he can dominate Evan Neal, this kid will go top 20 easy now. Oh, yeah. As long as he checks out medically and athletically, which he will, Mm -hmm. this kid will go top 20. And that's a guy who I keep looking at as like, I'm waiting for that big game, that one game where, you know, it's, him versus a legit 
like stud blocking him. And I kept hoping it was Evan Neal. And I'm like, man, just give me this matchup, please. And now I'm getting, I'm like, Ooh, I need to watch it. It's going to be fun. Oh, it's going to so, be great. Um, And then like, you know, obviously Zach Harrison, his name has been so out there in the spotlight since high school, but he's been, he was lackluster at Ohio state. Now he's got the physical tools, six, six, 270 pounds. He's still projected as a top 50 player, but like, I want to get your opinion on him just because like, I've, I was disappointed because I thought, I thought I've so known about him since high out. school. I've known about right. him since high school. I know uh, Michigan won a big time mm-hmm. and didn't get him. I, I just think he's all athlete and no, uh, no talent right i hate to say that like no and, and he doesn't fair. know how to contain him it, like i want him to be better in the running game like i i want to say it's almost a Jadavion clowny thing where but then again clowny had moves yeah I, it's like he's not a great pass rusher but he's okay against the run but it's like what is he that i i just can't get a move on what exactly he is. So he's really polarizing to me. I know I'm looking at Trayvon Walker as well out of Georgia, who had who's had a solid year as well. Um, anyone on that Georgia defense, I'm kind of keeping my eyes on because that Georgia team is just freaking defensive. Well, they really disappointed against Alabama, but it's Alabama. Alabama. Yeah, Give them exactly. credit. Uh, anyone against Alabama is going to have trouble. Like as long as Alabama's clicking, you are going to have problems, but those are really the guys in the edge group that really stick out so far. Um, I think if I'm a Browns fan, it's Ojabo or Sanders, but I think if, if Michigan gets by Georgia, and that's a very big if, Mm -hmm. because the way that defense is against that offense, man, Cade McNamara has to have the game of his career, literally the game of his career. And they got to fool them multiple times. Basically, what they did yesterday, they got to do it on steroids. But if they get by it, if Alabama gets by Cincy, because that's no guarantee either. Because I'm going to say this, without Mechie creating problems, you can just double Williams all day long. Double him. See what happens. Don't let him beat you. I mean, if you do that, Cincy might have a shot. But... I want to see Ojabo Hutchinson against Evan Neal. Mm-hmm. I really do. And it's going to tell me a lot about these pass rushers on Michigan's team. So there are a lot of talented guys here, but it's just the gap between them is a lot. So what other positions are you looking at? Okay, this is going to be a hot take out of me. How do you yeah. feel about the offensive tackles in this class? Because outside of I had a feeling Jack you were Con- going there, Jack Conklin, who unfortunately self- suffered a patella injury, these injuries are not good, easy to come back from, and it kills me for him because he's got all the talent in the world to be an all pro, and he's proved that. But he's had the ACL injury now; he's had the patella injury. I was thinking about you know the, finding a way for the Browns to extend him next off this coming off season. That's mm-hmm. out the window now, not until he comes back and proves himself. And I got to be honest, as much as I love Jedrick Wills and he's been, he's been good, but I've been disappointed in him because he really hasn't taken that next step from his rookie year. 
He's he's only allowed four sacks in each season. Uh, the pressures have gone up this year. The hurries have gone up significantly. So I have to wonder what does the tackles look like going into the 2022 draft? Because I have a have name for, for you to remember. Okay. All right. I have Get a name it. for you to remember. I've had my eye on him for about a month from Northern Iowa, Trevor okay. Penning. Okay. He is a athletic beast. Six, is he a right seven? or left tackle? He's going to be a left tackle. Okay. His size and athletic ability. Yes. But he what is, is he going, in college? Is he a left or a right tackle? He's a left. He's okay, a left. good. That's all he's I need to know. Um, right now I'm looking at Kyle Krabs' big board on the draft network. He's 27 overall. I think he's the one that posted the article about him. Okay. But I've done some work on him. Man, I'm getting Beckton vibes from just a monster mm. type. And I'm like, you could move Wills over and put him at the left if you can build him up. And I'm like, I was going to ask guy, you about him that this guy with, you know, Bill Callahan, have fun, everybody have fun. You, you ain't getting the Browns quarterback at this point. Um, but when it comes to the tackle class, obviously Evan Neal mm-hmm. is the Which guy we're not getting. I'm still not ruling that out. Okay. I'm not saying if what my prediction is, and I hate to be the negative guy here, I don't think the Browns are winning game rest of the year. I don't think there's not a winnable game. They're going to go to. No. Derek Carr is going to beat them. Oh, thank you. And, and and I'll pray to God Derek Carr becomes a trade option well, glad, because that's a, that's an that's ideal another thing. guy too. I'm glad I'm not going to that game now. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I, I just don't see us winning that game because I don't trust the offense. Do you trust the offense to put up enough against Oakland with a healthy Derek? I'm sorry, with Vegas, with a healthy Derek Carr. Do you trust them to put up enough? We got Chubb and Hunt back. You had Chubb and Hunt last week and you couldn't score more than 10 points. Not everybody's as smart as Wink Martindale. Oh, say touche because you know I'm right. I mean, yeah, but he is playing Ben this week, but they can't score right now. So, in fairness, maybe the offense is stalling for Baltimore. Uh, no, I say that and they're going to pull up like a hundred next week. Um, but the Browns, I don't trust them to actually put up the points necessary to win games, and that is the problem. If the Browns can't do it, they're not going to win. So I just don't see a winnable game. And the only one is Pittsburgh. And I think they're going to come motivated to win on Ben's last day and carry him off the field. I think they can beat Cincinnati too. I don't know about Cincinnati. They're playing better. They're up and down. They just late dropped 40 to the chargers today. And the chargers are a good team. I'm not taking that away from them, but Cincinnati's too inconsistent. You might win one. You might say win we, one. Yeah, I say we win at least two more. Okay. So if but we I appreciate win, your opinion, I'm if, not gonna if we win point. two, I know you won't. <laughs> if we win two, then we're around the 15 range. Then you're out on me. But if my prediction comes true, you will definitely be in the top seven. And if you're in the top seven, Evan Neal will be available, I think. Because the way I see it going, it's going to be Hutchinson, Thibodeau, 
one, two. I don't have the, what is the NFL draft order? I wish it was in New York because of. Oh yeah. You said picks. this CR now. I was like, yeah, yeah you're right. Oh, you know, um, I'm right. <laughs> okay. So let me pull this up real quick. Cause I'm going to do a hypothetical here. So, all right. Hutchinson Thibodeau or Thibodeau Hutchinson. Fine. Jacksonville might go Neil, but they I should, think, but I think they go Derek Stingley. Okay. Then the Jets looking at the board. I'm just trying to figure it all out quickly. I would say that is Kyle Hamilton because they have the next pick hypothetically right now. Mm, and yeah, Seattle right. and Seattle could win a couple games here. Um man, I mean they could be in that range. Like I'm just looking at it, there's a chance he could slip. There is a chance. And if you could get him, I'm sorry, you you go get him. You go get him. Like don't think. Like let Conklin go. All due respect. Move Wills over. Get Neil on that left side. Your line is set for the next couple of years if you can get him. And I wouldn't be shocked if, even though he's a center, Tyler Lindenbaum really goes top 10. Or one of these wideouts. There's so many good wideouts. A center going top 10. Yes. Lindenbaum second. Wow. He, the, the Michigan interior line was not the problem last night. It was the, it was the edges. He can't play tackle. He's a center. Right. He had Hinton and uh, Jeter on pretty good hold last night. And I mm-hmm. said that. I said, you know, that was my one concern. Could he get the other guys going? Michigan's guys are too good compared to their tackles. But Lindenbaum held the middle. And they have some good defensive tackles there at Michigan. Jeter and Hinton are good. So that is... That's a testament to him. I think he is a top 10 pick. Do you think it would be easy for Wills, though, if they were to do something like this, for him to transition back to right tackle, even though he spent practically the last two years? It'll be an adjustment. Yeah. But I think he'll be better off for it. Okay. I think he'll be better off for it because he's not going to face the top pass rushers. True. He's going to face the secondary one, which is going to be better for him. He's not athletic enough to handle the TJ Watts of the world. He right. has had problems with them. Evan Neal will create problems for TJ Watt. That's, that's the thing I'm looking for is if TJ Watts going to be here a few years, I need to start playing on how I need to counter him right now. And how do I counter uh, Odafe Owe? Hi, everybody. I was right about him. Yes, Stick you were. it. <laughs> oh, but he had no six. Watch the goddamn tape, you idiots! All he Max did was everything. Everybody he got drools into the over back. Jade- Listen, everybody drools over Jadevian Clowney. He's only got three and a half sacks this year. Do you get into the backfield at all? I don't care yes. if you sack the quarterback. Exactly. You disrupt the quarter. It's Moneyball theory. I don't give a damn if you get the sack. Do you pressure the quarterback and do you get tackles for loss? Yeah. Yes, he did that. We knew this would happen. Jedrick Wills has given up 26 pressures this year. That just says right there the level of competition he's facing as a left tackle. He's a right last tackle. Year, I last said year it he draft only gave, night. 
Last year, he only gave up 18 in 16 games. He's given up 26 and 12 or 11. I forget how many. Has he missed? He's missed one game. He missed, so, yeah. I think, two. Yeah. Yeah. And with his injury, it hurt him because his mobility is already limited. And it still might be, he still might be hurt for all we know. But he's not athletic. No, and that's why I said draft night, like, okay, fine. He's a solid left tackle, but he's not what you had on the board. It was, right. for me, you had the guy on the board. Um, Tristan Wirfs? Yeah, Wirfs. You had yeah. Wirfs on the board. He was athletic. He was powerful. He was everything you wanted. And you passed. Mm-hmm. And I'm not saying Wills is a bad player. Wills is a very good player. He is a starting tackle in the NFL. So right. the Browns hit on that pick. Good mm-hmm. job. Could they have done better? Yes. Yeah. Even Becton, granted he's injured this year. Mm-hmm. Becton's more athletic, more powerful, more fitting to what the AFC needs at a left tackle. Browns didn't draft that. So if you have a chance in the offseason, and there is another name, he has fallen off this year. He's not played well at Washington, but he fits the criteria. I'm trying to find his name because I keep forgetting. It's Jackson. Uh, he's in my top 15 earlier this year, but uh, Jackson's his name. And he really is a Kirkland, Kirkland, Kirkland. Left tackle, ideal size, ideal athletic ability, good explosiveness, good power. He fits the profile. And I think Bill Callahan can develop him. So that's where I'm looking at in the in the left tackle spot is a guy who can fill that role. And I'm going to throw another idea out there. If Lyndon bombs on the board, I'll move on from J.C. Treader. Oh, I think we're moving on from J.C. Treader regardless. Okay, then hey, give me Lindenbaum. Lindenbaum, okay. Lindenbaum with those two in the middle. Like, you could put Aaron Donald up against him, and he's going to have problems. That's a testament of how good your interior could be. So that's what I'm thinking on the O-line. Any other positions? Only because there is some Before unknown. Before we get to wide out. Yeah, there's some unknown at this spot because even though they're in contract talks with Najoku, we kind of expect Hooper might get moved this offseason. Yeah. And then Harrison Bryant's probably a tight end, two tight end, three of the best. How do you feel at the tight end position? Now, Not I know good. McBride out of Colorado State, and I don't know much anything else. But... Not good. Okay. <laughs> I don't like it. All right. Uh, you're, looking at Isaiah, you're looking at Isaiah Likely out of Coastal Carolina, who I haven't seen a lot of. Jeremy uh, Rucker at Ohio State. No, no he's up there. He is oh, up there. <laughs> Yikes. Well, yeah, uh, that's how bad it is. Uh, Yikes. Uh, the kid out of Utah who had the big week, but he's a late round pick for me. I mean, okay. this tight end class is very, very bad. Okay. Like one of the worst that I've done in my 10 years. Yikes. Like it's, there is no one special in this group. That's why Kyle Pitts was so highly thought of. Because I looked at next year's class and this year's class, I'm like, who is the guy? I don't know. Uh, Okay. Well, we tried. Thumbs up. (laughs) Orange Cassidy, thumbs up. We tried. Yeah. 
it's not going to be good for a minute. I know that kid out of Georgia looks amazing, uh, but he ain't one until 2024. So go fight over him then. Which brings us to obviously your favorite position. Well, your favorite player in the draft. Would you like to proclaim your love for a prospect? Would you like to become the official advocate for a player, Jack? Yes. Oh my gosh. Who are you the advocate for? Jamison freaking Williams, man. Man, he's he has emerged. He has emerged. I remember him at Ohio State. And you like we know how talented the wide receiver rooms have been in there for a while. And you know, when he left, I was disappointed because I seen the talent in high school, seen it in flashes at Ohio State. He wasn't a big name because we had so many guys. And then to see him go to Alabama hurt. But then to see him emerge finally this year and, you know, you hear people say, how was he the third or fourth wide receiver at Ohio State? Well, you look at Ohio State's wide receiver room this year with Garrett Wilson, Chris Olave and uh, Jackson Smith, Najigba, who's going to be a top wide receiver prospect in 2023. Um, Just to see him emerge immediately, the game against the U and then just every game yesterday. I was talking to my buddy who is uh, that I work with that is a, diehard Florida fan. He goes, Georgia's playing conservative right now. I said, if Williams gets open, I said, it's done. He's going the distance. And lo and behold, like five minutes later, it's a big 70 yard touchdown. He's still raw. There's no doubt about it. I mean, is he going to be the top wide receiver? He might be at the end of the day, just because you look at his physical traits. And I mean, once he clocks that 40 time at the combine, there'll be more talk. I wouldn't put him as my the top wide receiver prospect. I'm still holding that spot for Garrett Wilson just because Garrett Wilson's phenomenal. But Jamison Williams is a guy I want to see in orange and brown really bad. And I will become the official advocate for this dude. That's fair enough. That's fair enough. I'm in love with this prospect. And I like him. I like him. I see the upside though. Like I, like I said, I know he's not the best and he's not the polished wide receiver prospect in this class. I have a slight red flag on him. Okay, tell me what it is. Too skinny. And that's fair. Too skinny. That's fair. He's, he's going to get pushed off around so easily in the NFL. Um, I hate to say that. He's going to ha- have to burn guys rather than be physical. And what the Browns need, because Odell Beckham was is not a physical receiver. He's a finesse no. one. Yes. Jarvis Landry is a physical receiver. And Donovan Peoples-Jones should be a physical receiver, but is a finesse receiver. What the Browns have is a bunch of cluster Mm you-know-whats. What they need is the guy that can be a speed and power guy in in their receiving core. Now, your number one is my number one. Garrett Wilson, without question, is my number one receiver on the board. He is going to be a big play guy at the next level. I think if the Browns bring him up right, he will be a star year one. But I'm going to say wide receiver two, and it's going to piss off a lot of Buckeye fans. And if you go back on this pod, I love Chris Olave. I really do. If I had two first-round picks and I cut Landry, I would take Olave, no questions asked, because he is the perfect. Landry replacement. Perfect. Mm -hmm. 
but wide receiver two on the big board. And it's close between one and two Traylon Burks. Traylon Burks is that guy who can beat you physically, but can beat you being explosive. That has continued to be the guy I keep looking at as my guy. And he has done it against every team this year, including Bama. I mean, that, that goes to show the kid is legitimately talented Mm -hmm. and I could argue he's wide receiver one because maybe we've never seen what Wilson truly can do because you have so many weapons that they hide each other's weaknesses. And that's one of my concerns with the wide receivers at Ohio state. Are they so good together that you can hide their deficiencies with them on the field because they just get open because no one knows how to cover three guys like that let alone the other guys they have that they might throw out. You don't know how to guard them. So for me, that it continues to be my concern with the Ohio State players and why I leave that door open for Burks where everyone knew you got to guard Burks. Mm-hmm. And even when you tried, you can't stop Burks. I will say the same thing will go for Jamison Williams. I'll give you that. Yeah. You all knew he can do it. Yeah, And he just beat you because he's that much faster than you. Mm-hmm. And that's something the Browns lack. And one of the reasons why I like, him. but I will say, if you want to go back to back wide receivers in this draft, I mean, I know some rate him as a first rounder. I rate him as a second rounder, but I mean, you could take J- Jahan Dotson out of Penn state as your electric speedster. See, CBS has him third wide receiver three. Some it's very, it's varying with them Mm -hmm. because there's so many wideouts. And again, the Browns are sitting in a good spot outside of the quarterback position, which again goes back to why they just need to figure this out in the off season, Mm -hmm. the needs they have. And Andrew Barry deserves a ton of credit for this. He has set it up every year to where the positions they need to fill are the top positions in that draft. Mm -hmm. He is setting it up every year for that. So this year, wide receiver edge is questionable, but he has enough players to work with Mm -hmm. O-line some secondary spot. There are more safeties, which he might have to draft one. Mm -hmm. There are guys he can go get and fill the needs on this team. Defensive tackle, no. There are, aren't many, if any, I would say. But it all comes down to, can you get that quarterback filled? Are you going to go with Baker? Are you going to get him a backup to you know push him? Because if you ain't going to use Case Keenum, which that's in our topic for another day, then what the hell are you doing? Right. Like, again, I will scream at the Browns for not using Case Keenum because Baker's clearly hurt. But I will say that's been the indictment to me that they are done with them, that they're just not putting up with this shit anymore. And I am going to say a hot take. I don't think Emily has helped his case in the building. For no. I don't think she's helped him. No, I mean, if it didn't, like, that's real side note, and then I want to get back to the wide receivers. 
if Odell senior didn't help Odell junior, which he did help him to a degree, helped him get out quicker. But yeah, Emily, like, and I'm all for, you know, people to express their opinions, but she yeah. needs to pick and choose what she puts on social media. That's what I'm saying. And she could go back and retract it, but you knew what you were doing. Yeah. And, like, and that's just if, something that's like, you're creating headaches where there don't need to be headaches. And, you know, you know, Kareem senior didn't like, I don't think he was being too critical of Baker, but like people took it as that. Like I took no. it as he wanted his, he wanted the running game to go. Well, no, he was saying that Baker was hurt and, you know, maybe he was saying that Kareem and Nick needed to run the ball more. Well, fortunately he said that during the game. So Kareem has no idea his dad is saying that. Right. That's exactly. the other thing. Yeah. That's the other thing. These are happening in between games. It's one thing when your dad is frustrated, who grew up a Browns fan here, by the way, mm-hmm. who is frustrated. Yes. That's one thing. It is another thing that after a game, you are tweeting, posting on Instagram, whatever. Doesn't matter if you're Emily Mayfield or Odell Beckham Sr. Doesn't matter. You are creating stuff during the week. Yes. When the game is not happening. It's one thing to say it with emotion. It's another thing to say it like that. Yeah, and people know her even outside of being Baker's wife. She's a media personality for Channel 3. So it's like it's going to garner attention regardless. Oh, yeah. It's like Emily, like, and I'm all for her expressing (laughs) the way she feels because she has every right to. She gets attacked on social media, which is also bullshit by the fan base for doing that to her, even when she wasn't posting stuff. But like she needs to pick and choose her words better. We all need to do that as human beings because we've all said things that we regret. But like, oh, yeah, you always got to think before you hit that send button. Oh, yeah. Trust me. I know that feeling. I know you've probably had that feeling too. Oh, without so. question. Anywho, uh, going back to the wideouts, I do think there are a ton here. There are yeah, just so I, many. I David have Bell, about a couple of them. David Bell out of Purdue mm-hmm. is intriguing to me because he yeah. had some big weeks. And I'm like, man, this. I kind of want him, but it's like, I don't know if he's the number one. So back-to-back wideouts, let's do it. You want to let Jack, Jack, I got a better idea. Okay. All of our picks are wide receivers. We did that in 2016, remember? Practically. But we didn't, but we didn't do it in the second and third round. Oh, we did a lot. We had, if we'd done the second round, we would have had Michael Thomas. We wouldn't be talking trash. Should have took him over Corey Coleman. Well, I I said that that night. I said it that day. I I had a mock where we traded down from two, took Zeke at eight, and then traded up. To I get remember I was at Michael Thomas, a for, a former radio station I worked with. Shout out to uh, Bob Evans uh, at the real Bob Evans on Twitter. Uh, if he still has that same Twitter handle, I believe he does. Okay, he was there, part of the group, and he was as much of a draft guy as I was. Mm-hmm. You used to work for the OBR. Yeah. And Bob and I were chatting about, you know, who we want, you know, at wide out. I said I wanted Thomas or Treadwell. I leaned Thomas because of bloodlines. I just said, it's in his blood. Just take him. And when Coleman was picked, we both looked at each other like, what just happened? Like, what just happened? I will say that was not the intention of that Browns front office, though. 
I know what they were supposed to do because I got confirmation from a source inside the Browns draft room. Do you want to know what the original plan was? Lay it on me. The Cav- breaking news, the Cavs run a 15-0 run and just tied it with Utah in the fourth quarter. <laughs> wow. This team, man. They still suck. It's for oh, the greater you shut your mouth. It's for the greater good. Embrace it. I'm not that- Nick Carnes. <laughs> I'm not, I- not going to do it. Can you start writing soliloquies on Twitter? Hell no. <laughs> I'm going to keep saying they suck because they play better when they, when I say they suck. So you guys freaking suck. All of you, Darius Garland, you're a bum. Uh, Jared Allen, you are overpaid as shit. Kevin Love, retire, please. Evan Mobley, what the hell? We should have drafted you. Scotty Barnes is better than you. We need a small forward. Screw you. Colin Sexton, get out of the NBA, please. He is practically right. The new Sean Kemp of the league, in my opinion. He's got 14 (laughs) kids. He will soon. Oh, God. (laughs) I don't know how. He's just going to during this whole injury phase. It's going to be a lot of chicks, and uh, he's going to end up having 14 kids. Yeah. They all suck. JB Biggerstaff, Kobe Ullman, you guys are bums. (laughs) For the greater good. I will not turn into Nick Carnes here. I refuse to. <laughs> I will not be a jinx. Anyways, what were we talking about again? Wide receivers. Wide receivers. Can you tell me about, hold on. Oh, yeah. Me... The Browns original. So 2015. Oh, yeah. Or 2016. 2016. Um, the plan was to draft DeForest Buckner with the eighth overall pick. He went, he went seven, right? So my source told me literally 40 minutes before the draft, because I said, I want DeForest Buckner. That's who I wanted. I was in love. He said, I got good news for you. I'm like, what's that? He said, the draft room's already decided. If he's on the board at eight, Buckner's the pick. I'm like, oh, wow. Awesome. I love this group. He said, if he is not, we've already engaged with multiple teams on trading down. And I said, well, why don't I actually said this out of the blue? I said, why not just stay there and take Joe Thomas's replacement like Conklin or something? Or if Tunsil falls and he's like, they've discussed it. They were actually scared off by Tunsil. And with Um, good reason. (laughs) Not really. Well, the whole bong thing would have, you know, it, the media would have scorched well, them. Yeah. Which but they ended up doing anyways. But. It, it didn't matter who drafted them. They were going to be scorched. You had to buy that it was fake. And apparently if you go through the stories, teams are already figuring out it's all bullshit. Yeah. So the Browns didn't do it quick enough. All right. I was told later, had they have figured it out, they probably would have taken tons of eight, which I was like, I hate you all. But once Buckner came in, I looked. So actually Bob had a source too, and he confirmed it with me and we reported it uh, that night, like right around the first, second pick, Mm -hmm. we were reporting the Browns. We didn't say who, because we didn't know who was listening. We didn't want to screw it up. Right. We said the Browns have a guy they want at eight. And if he is not there, they will trade down. And basically hinted, they know 
they think he's going to be there. And then once seven came in, we both confirmed it was DeForest Buckner. And like a minute later, the trade happened. And it was like, we looked at each other like, good reporting. <laughs> good reporting. Who's your source, by the way? And we had different sources. That's even crazier thing. We had completely different people. And it was like, we got the same information. That's how we knew it was true. Right. We cross-checked each other. We were like, um, I I won't tell you who it is. I only remember this day. I was like, uh, we have to tell each other the name of our source. And he's like, yeah, we got to double check. And when we said different names, we're like, oh, shoot, <laughs> this is true. Wow, they're going to do this. I'm like, yeah, they are. So that a little fun story for you. So can Maybe. I ask you about a couple of wide receivers here? Yes, go ahead. Um, Drake London at USC. This is an interesting name. Brandon Marshall. I, Brandon Marshall comp. Okay. I know. Did he have like ankle surgery recently? Yes, he did. Okay. So he'll be iffy. Obviously the combine will be a big test for him. And then the guy that, you know, really tore me apart that he got hurt yesterday in the sec title game, John Mechie, who I think has gone down a little bit. He's still a top 100 prospect. Cause he is so fast. Does he go back to Alabama for. I would. Yeah. In this wide receiver class, if I'm him, you have CBS a chance. has them 93rd overall, so it's kind of... Kyle Crabb has them uh, 40, which is around where I have them. And he'll probably drop some. No, he will injury. drop because it's an yeah. ACL. If yeah. I'm him, uh, if I can go back, I go back because you're the natural number one receiver. Bryce Young's going to be there. And you have a chance to kind of pull a Devontae Smith. Yeah. And be that guy in Jameson Williams and really be the guy. And he has all the capability in him. I thought he was going to be the guy this year. And Jamison Williams took that role and ran with it. Mm-hmm. So if he has a chance to become that more power to him, do it. I, I, I challenge him to do it. I think he could depending on now he won't be the number one. Cause that's in Jigba at Ohio state. Who's going to be wide receiver one next year. Well, depending on how Marvin Harrison Jr. and uh, Julian Fleming and the names are coming back in. So true. Um, so you, you were suggesting maybe a transfer to Ohio State? No. Yes, you were. No, yes, that she should not go to Ohio State. Why not? He won't play. He might. No, I'm just kidding. You should go to Michigan instead. You might actually no. play. No, it's pretty bad when Julian Fleming, who was the top wide receiver prospect no, he last should, year, he should, barely he should, played. He should follow yours to Texas. You're right. Yeah, that's a whole nother freaking podcast we could do. Oh, I know. I know. It's crazy what's happened in college football that I wish we had the, the time. last week. Yeah, like it's just been. Manny Diaz is technically still the head coach of Miami, but he's being replaced by, by Mario, Mario Cristobal. Cristobal, even though he hasn't been fired yet. So it's all weird. That is weird. I wonder where I was guys so are. worried for Akron's sake when I heard Cristobal's name. I'm like, no, 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 don't yeah. do it, Oregon. Don't you dare hire him from underneath us. And by the way, fun story, fun story. So I knew Joe Moorhead at Akron. Love him. Absolutely love him. So I was the equipment manager for like a couple weeks during the summer for Akron. Um, I didn't enjoy it. I hated Brookhart. Uh, Jack, I know you're an Akron guy. Brookhart is an asshole. You're an Akron guy too. I know, but (laughs) Brookhart is an asshole. I hated him. If I could have punched him, I would have. 
Real asshole. Moorhead, one of the nicest dudes on the entire staff, embraced me, had me work with the wideouts and tight ends all the time. Heck, he let me work on the jugs machine, and he actually liked how I was as a receiver. He looked at me, he's like, you know, if you stay here all year and work with the equipment, I'll let you work with the receivers and tight ends, and maybe you can walk on next year. I was like, coach, I am so flattered by that, but my parents will never let me play football. And he's like, why not? I said concussions. And I told him like, I'm autistic. I'm afraid of concussions and what damage it could do to me. He's like, you want to know what? I respect that decision, man. I really do. Like he just said, dude, you're a natural receiver. You know, you run solid routes, you know, you can catch on the jugs machine, you know, and the guys like you, like you could fit in. I was like, really me, a college football player. It almost happened. Jack almost. You and, Dominic Hickson. you and Dominic Hickson could have oh, taken Hickson was them. gone by then. Oh, Hickson gone was already. gone. Uh, the wide receiver, top wide receiver. I don't know if you remember his kick return. Andre Jones, that last second uh, kick return back in like 06, 07. No. No? Okay. Look it up afterwards. Andre and I were buds back then. Andre and I kept in touch that whole year. We, we had so much fun together. Uh, he was a senior. We just had a blast. He embraced me day one. Uh, but yeah, it, I love Joe Moorhead. He was great at Akron. Can't wait to they're see. Great what hire. Did. Yeah, I can't wait to see what he's going to do. They hired a good coach. Holy shit. Well, they had a good coach, and I've heard, you know, stories about why Bowden had to be let go. But Tom Arth, you know, God love him. He was, you know, he's a Northeast Ohio guy. Did he get kind of screwed over? Yeah, kind of. But at the same time, they weren't winning. He wasn't and... the right fit. They were better yeah. off going Fry Getze. And yeah. that's what I never but, understood about what happened. Yeah, but yeah. Moorhead's a good guy. Obviously, his offensive track record speaks for himself. Yep. Has ties to Northeast Ohio, so he's going to be able to help recruit. You know, if Akron can get back to being like a 500 team and nah, a screw times, with Joe Moorhead, we're winning the Mac, baby. I could see it. We're taking yeah. down everybody. We are taking down names, taking no prisoners. We're kicking everybody's ass. Let's go. We're bringing no the wagon wheel be- back. No, you want what? We're, we're bringing Mac championships back. That would we be great. are done being the bomb of the barrel. We're going to be kicking everyone's ass now. Let's Anything do to this. Fill that beautiful stadium. That's been a waste for 13 years. I'm just going to say this. I'm going to start recruiting him now uh, at Iowa. Joe Labus, who was actually a Brexville, great Brexville quarterback. If you don't think you're ever going to get on the field, come back home to Akron. You know what? We got great coach for you. He's got the size, the arm, everything you're looking for. Hometown kid, three-star recruit. You want to what? He'd be the best quarterback this school's ever seen. Quinn Ewers, come. We'll hook you up with an NIL deal with Swenson. Dude, <laughs> you, you want to what? Screw it. You want to what? I'm going for I'm going for a total revamp project. because Are, you, uh, are we going to bring Spencer Rattler down? Yes, let's do it. Oh let's God. do it. I am all for it. Wait, no. Hear me out, Alex. We bring Tate Martell here. And a- Mumford catching deep balls from Spencer Rattler. No, hear me out. We get Tate Martell on his 14th transfer. He finally. <laughs> no, Tate Martell's an asshole. I can tell you that. I have no. stories. No, so Tate Mar- Spencer Rattler. Tate Martell almost ran over my friend at Ohio State and then flipped him off because they were crossing the street when they had the right of way. <laughs> yeah. Fuck you, Tate Martell. Right. So there's a little Tate Martell story for you. I have <laughs> other OSU football stories that you don't want to know about. 
all I'll say is if those stories came out, Urban Meyer might be under investigation. I'll just say that. And certain players in the NFL might be under investigation, but it's been seven years. So they're probably in the clear. So they're all good. The Cavs game like I am right now. No, I have uh, the Pittsburgh Baltimore game on. This is a wild game right now. Cavs lead by two with three minutes to go. Wow. They suck. They absolutely suck. It's for the greater good. Yeah. You gotta, you gotta stay on that mountain. I'm not Nick Carnes. Damn it. I expect a soliloquy Monday morning. A soliloquy of why they suck. Sure. Yes. (laughs) I am here for, I will write a poem writing how bad a soliloquy is. I know. I know. But I'm just saying I will write a poem. This is coming from the kid who sucked at English. I know, but I just said poem instead of soliloquy. Okay. Screw you. Anywho. Uh, I know everyone's like, Alex, we're like an hour and a half into this. I know. know So anyways, uh, any final thoughts, honestly, because it's gone way over. Um, hopefully we see a better Baker next week. I think the defensive game plan should stay the same because I feel like the def- we, I mean, outside of Lamar's two miraculous throws, which are still unbelievable. And if anybody gives Miles Garrett shit for dapping him up, you don't understand. Like, it's not, it's, I compared it to, and I was telling my coworker about this. It would be like if Curry sank a long three and LeBron was just like, yeah, I did everything I could to stop him. He still made it. Got to give him props. Like, people give Miles Garrett shit for doing stuff, but it's like, it's a different generation of football players. Like they're not going out trying to rip players heads off, which, you know, he kind of did a couple years ago, but it's different now. Like miles is going to give credit where credit's due. Like, yeah, Clowney was mad through his helmet, but like miles tried to get him. He couldn't get him, And Lamar made a miraculous throw, but I thought the defensive game plan was great last week. They just, obviously the two miraculous throws cost us the game. Hopefully they find a way to get the running game going, which I'm sure Baltimore is going to key in on again. And hopefully, you know, being off this week, Baker's a little bit healthier. Maybe something changes in the passing game. I will say getting Landry involved early was great. They need to do that often. Kay, shout out to Kay because she mentioned that on uh, the Dogland postgame at one point, and it, it paid off last week. I thought that was great getting him. But, like, down the stretch, just I don't know. Hope for the best, but at the same time, prepare for the worst because that's what we do as Browns fans. You know, you brought up LeBron. I wonder if he's watching the Cavs. Oh, you know, he. Oh, let's see. Do the Lakers play tonight? Because if not, I'm <laughs> sure he is. I wonder if he's thinking things like, did I make the right decision leaving LA? No, I don't I'm, know. I, I'm sure he's thinking about summer 2023. Oh, maybe. Who knows? Just saying. Who knows? I mean, I, I, I've had a long, I've had a, I've had a story that I've had from, I'll say this, Jack, I've told you, I do have a source close to the Gilberts. Yes. That in that negotiation process in 2014, a guarantee was made to LeBron that Gilbert upon retirement, LeBron's retirement would be open to selling the LeBron. Not a surprise. And my belief is he is coming back. This team is good. He will finish out his career here, have the hometown farewell. And it'll start in February at the all-star game. They will start to lure him back. 
You mean they'll plant the seeds when he returns to Cleveland? Hmm. Yep. Didn't this Dan, happen like Dan's seven pro- years ago? Dan's probably going to come up as sadly in his wheelchair and everything and wish LeBron the best and probably say something this year. Like, I remember what I promised you. Well, we'll talk soon. I'm sure Dan and Rich Paul have a backdoor negotiation. What do you mean? That's our, that's our future general manager, Rich Paul. I know. President of basketball operations. That's the, that's I'm the just sexy saying, title now. I'm just saying this has been the long-term plan the past decade. It's not a surprise. I said back in 2012 that this was going to happen to my buddy, Anthony. Anthony is like, yeah, probably going to happen. You know, and I, and I watched future Cavs two guard uh, dish out a couple sweet with a smooth jump shot. Brownie James last night. <laughs> Job a 19 on safety. Nope, they're not going to be in draft position to get him now. So you're done. That dream's I, dead. I have a theory when I'm going to, when we get off the air. Oh, dear God. You need to call Ken for that. Oh, no. Anyways, uh, final thought for me. Um, look, this is not going to be a pretty end to the season. It's going to be ugly. Um, We will not probably be around for the most part with the holidays and everything. The announcement I will make is once the season is over, Jack and I are going back to weekly. I am working on three major draft guests. And I am openly saying right now to one of them, because I am going to send him a message, practically begging him to come on the show. Dane Brugler. I've been doing this 10 years, man. And I have wanted him to be a guest on this show since we started. Cavs also I have the buzzer, by the way. What? Oh, see, they suck. They're back to normal. Uh, <laughs> for the greater good. Um, but I, the, the crowning achievement, I think, for this podcast I don't give a damn if it's for 15 minutes separately that we edit in or whatever. I'll, if Dane says to me, I will call in at midnight on a Wednesday night for 20 minutes to talk draft. I will be here midnight on Wednesday to talk 20 minutes of draft with him in the off season. That is going to be my goal to get Dane. There are others on the list too. It's going to be for the draft this year. 10 years of celebrating me doing my insanity. Jack, I apologize. It's okay. I have a problem. I know you do. Hi, my name is Alex, and I'm a draft addict. No one said, hi, Alex. Hi, Alex. <laughs> We're going to get you and Stephen Thomas locked in a room together. and just. Oh, no, that, that one I'm working on. That oh, one, I, 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 that one. I, we are... I can help you with that. No, I... I want to do something leading up to the draft with them. And Steven, I hope you're listening. Like leading up to the draft, like I probably won't be as smart as some of the guys you work with at the OBR, but if you could just throw me on for like, I don't know, 10 minutes just to be in the damn room to talk about this shit with you guys. That's a 10 year accomplishment that I'm with names like you guys. We'll make that one happen. Oh, I'll talk to some people. Steven's like my big brother. I can. I just want this one because man, him and I going back and forth on draft. Once I get in a groove on everything, man, he and I probably could go for like three hours. I'll just sit back. live on Twitch. 
Yeah, you just sit there and go like, Alex, you are insane. Steven, you are insane. What Michael is Jackson, wrong with you? No, Michael Jackson popcorn gift. That'll be me. Just be like, yeah. <laughs> yep. I, I need to know everything about this draft. And I'm going to be like, this, 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 this. Steve's going to be like, you missed this, 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 this. I'm like, oh, yeah, but you missed this, 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 this. It's going to be great. Uh, so, anywho, um, but we got a lot of stuff planned in the offseason. Um, that's probably the way this podcast is going to work during the season. It's just not going to work out, but when we have our times, we'll do it and we'll do more in the off season. We'll get more guests, uh, well, more fun. And, uh, we'll be talking hopefully about a Browns team that will be ready to rebound in 2022 and get back to the playoffs. Still not over yet, but I, I just don't think it's going to be pretty. That's just me. Don't hate me. Don't shoot the messenger. So anywho, until next time, guys, I am your host, Alex Hill. On behalf of my co-host, Jack McCurry. Jack, tell them how they follow you before we go. On Twitter at JackMcCurry08. And you can follow me at the CLE Sports Guy. And until next time, guys, go Browns. We are